Blog Talk Radio. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. is January Jones. She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a fabulous, wonderful day. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast today from Sarasota, Florida. We're having great weather here, and I hope you're having it in other parts of the country, too. I'm now the Glitter Granny. It's my new brand for my soon-to-be-coming affiliate marketplace called Glitter Granny Gifts, where I will be selling books and products from Amazon.com in the very near future. I'm really excited about this, and I'll be sharing more details about this project as it develops so you can join in the fun with me, too. Now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to create something? Of course, we all have from time to time thought about that. Well, I mean, after creating all of our children and grandchildren, there's still a lot left for us to do. Tell me, would you like to write a book? Well, you know, everyone thinks about that one. A lot of people talk about it. A lot of people give it some consideration. But it's very few people that actually can sit down and do it. Can you imagine what it would be like to write a book for children? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Writing a children's book is one of the most difficult types of books there is to write. I remember when I first started writing, I went to a seminar and everyone was talking about the different kinds of books they were going to do. And everyone just said, don't go near the children's market. It's so tough. Now, here's someone who's not afraid of the children's market. Have you ever heard of the story genie? Tell me, have you ever met someone who has actually done it all, created, written, recorded, and now she's promoting her latest book? Tell me, 
Have you heard about a book called Slurple Purple? Yes, it's a nan- new, brand new book that she just brought out recently. So if you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions that I've asked you, you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones sharing success stories. So now it's time to rest, relax, go get some wine, get some cheese and crackers, and join us in the no wine zone. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. She is someone that I met here in Sarasota, and she was the tireless, ever-promoting commissioner for the Sarasota County Film Commission, where she promoted this area for filmmakers. My guest is an actress, vocalist, author, audiobook producer, and a performer. She, quite frankly, is one of the most talented people that I've ever met. Today, she's embracing her alter ego, the story genie. She's the official storyteller and entertainer of children in the mythical hamlet of Pekin. This is a character she developed back in 2003. As she says, sometimes it just takes a fun, silly book to help children remember it's fun to say poodle, puddle, middle, muddle. And she says it's gratifying to entertain kids in general, but especially when you're nurturing their love of words from an early age. She has written the popular The Meanie Bug and Other Silly Creatures series. Today we'll be talking about her latest children's book that's just come out. It's called The Schmurple Purple. Welcome again to the story, Jeannie, Jeannie Corcoran. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, January. So nice to see you. Hope you can hear me. Let me move my microphone closer. Since I was technical difficulties in the land of Pekin over here. <laughs> I need well, to bring the giant and have him hold up something over the uh, over the silly blinds that were putting stripes on my face. Yeah, it's so fun to have you on the show again. You've been here before, but this time you're promoting a brand new book. I am. And uh, it's a very exciting time. I, I got to see uh, part of the launch on Amazon and done a great job. When, let me just ask you a question. And, and you, we talked about this before, about the fact that writing children's books is really a difficult thing. When you started this, how much time does it take to, from beginning to end, to get it out? Well, you know, I, I started all this in 2004 when we launched the TV show Tales from the Story Genie. So in 2004, we learned uh, my music partner Karen and her husband Duncan the Giant and my husband Dan, who was our technical director, and our crew and our staff and 12 children in our TV show. And we did it to promote some of the books that we were creating. And boy, oh boy, did we get an eye-opening experience about how hard it is to practice into the children's market in general. And the children's TV show, I'm happy to say, was on 48 stations across the country, uh, most of them Christian stations, family stations, everything that likes G-rated, wholesome fun, which is what mm-hmm. we do. Everything we do is that. Uh, so we launched the Meanie Bug and other silly creatures, and we had other um, books in that series lined up in our pipeline. And Duncan the Giant, Karen's husband, who was our um, he was our whiz guy. He knew finance and description. He was in charge of that side of things. He got ill, and he went to the great Hamlet in the sky. Uh-huh. And anyway, we still miss Duncan terribly. But the story genie 
television show went on hiatus after we had had a lot of interest from uh, all around the world, including South America and Asia. And uh, then I started to get into the e-books and into children's books in general and uh, doing audio for children's books and miscellaneous things online and so forth. And along came the idea that uh, Tales from the Story Genie would have a little adjunct. It would have a little side, what do they call it, a side hustle, but you don't say that in kids' business, a little side direction we went. And it's called Story Genie Teeny Tales, which means they're short, they're mm-hmm. usually under 10 minutes in length, sometimes under five minutes, but they're all original, uh, they rhyme, um, almost all of them do. We have 15 right now ready to move into the launch pattern. Slurple uh, Purple is first because it's first. just so silly and it's so much fun. And we test marketed it with kids. And they love, first of all, they love sloppy, messy things. Yeah. Which children will tell you. And when we were children, we know too. We just love things that we can slurp up and lick up and make a mess with and, and get all over our face and our fingers and lick our fingers. and you know. So anyway, Slurple Purple came about because kids love messy stuff and they love delicious food. And there's an awful lot of delicious food that's purple. And if we're going to slurp it up, then we should call it Slurple Purple. Right. That's how Purple Purple came into being, and um, we just had a whole lot of fun. We, I say we, kind of the imperial we. I wrote it by myself. I, I uh, illustrated it by myself. I laid it out by myself. I did it pretty much all by myself, but I did get some great advice from my youngest son, who actually lives out west, and I got some good advice um, from a couple of other writers of children's products that uh, I admire. So... Yes, I did it by myself, but because I have wonderful mentors, uh-huh. my younger son, can you imagine, you know, the younger ones are telling you how, telling the older ones how to do the new technology. So that's how <laughs> Slurple Purple came into being. So it's all about purple foods and purple things you, that you drink and things that you eat that are purple and making a mess. And if it starts to droop down your lip and you get glops of this and you get slops of that and oozes of this or dribbles of that, just go and just slurp it up. Yeah, I about that Slurple Purple. I love the I love the part where I love the colors obviously because I am yeah. wearing purple today in honor of this book. Oh, I think. <laughs> and I, I love the sounds. Uh, kids are you know now you said it's what five ten minutes. This would be a wonderful. It's, it's five minutes. It's a five minute song actually. Uh, oh. The book is longer because you read the book and you read it however you interpret it and you read it to the child on your lap or they read it to themselves and their friends. So the book is longer in terms of doing a physical reading of it, depending on how fast or how slow. And then the song, which is the audio book, the audio book is, um, it's almost all music. There's a short introduction that I make about what it is and, and what it means. But then it turns into an actual song. So the Slurple Purple song is about well, under five minutes. And I'm telling you, it's very sticky. Every grown-up who has heard it, Suddenly is walking around their house or wherever they're at, wherever they heard it going, slurple purple, slurping it up, slurple purple out of a cup, slurple purple, slurping it down, slurple purple, never a frown. You know, it's very sticky. It's a very uh, catchy little song and we all love it. So I oh, and, I, and your voice is incredible. So I'm assuming <laughs> you, you wrote the song and you also are the one singing it. In yes, the that's me. Audio. I know that's a a lot of work (laughs) well I have a wonderful music collaborator she did the music her name is Kaleidoscope Karen and if you go on storygenie.com you will see her as Kaleidoscope Karen 
and she oh, sings on that show too. And her husband was Duncan the Giant. Everybody sang. Duncan sang, our Pixie sang, I sang, Karen sang, uh, Professor Digitation sang. Everybody sings on the Story Genie TV show. So almost all of my teeny tales, uh, everyone will have an original song that goes with it and tells the story. And then it will have a combination read along ebook. Which you can just read the ebook and, and have fun with that because they'll rhyme and tell a great story. But um, if you get the audio book to go with it, your read along book becomes a sing along book because it matches the, the, the sing along book matches the audio book exactly. And Perfect. even to the boings and the you know, <laughs> nonstop pop with a cherry on top. So pop. So, so you, the way I'm understanding it, you actually have uh, off the drawing boards. 15 more of these books done? We do. We do. Actually, yeah, 14, 14 that have the story written, and uh, they're all copyrighted. I, I upload them in batches because that's the way my brain works. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't turn my brain off. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I, I'm constantly writing something. and I wake okay. up in the middle of the morning, um, and I had this great idea for uh, a new character who knows all the facts in the world. He just knows all the facts in the world. And uh, I won't give away all of it, but yeah. he comes up with the facts that kids like. What's kids the do. messiest? What's the what's, oh. the what's the funniest? What's the craziest? What's the sloppiest? What's the sleepiest? And uh, oh, I love he, that. Knows, I love he that. knows all the facts. So. Okay, so now do all of these books? Uh, do they have a color theme like purple or what? How does no, the school? no, each one. Uh, you know, the theme really is uh, the overall artwork will be the similar and and very similar in feel. So you'll be able to recognize the covers as being part of the uh-huh. series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the theme is really the fact that they rhyme, that they are a story genie teeny tale, part of the group. But mm-hmm. each one is a standalone book. If you only ever buy one because you like it, or if you only get one for free on Kindle Unlimited, Kindle Unlimited free. Um, <laughs> The ebook as well as the rhyming book. Uh, if you only get one, it, it will be perfectly beginning, middle, and an end all by itself. But they will all have uh, interwoven potential to cross over. For example, um, yeah, Professor yeah. Digitation's book. Professor Digitation actually came from the land of Pekin. He was in our TV show years ago. A wonderful, fabulous, fabulous fellow. And uh-huh. um, Professor uh, digitation travels the world in a globe and he visits children around the world and he loves music and he loves rhyme and rhythm and repetition. And wherever he goes, he gets kids singing and rhyming and poeming. And, you know, it's very fun. And actually he goes into places that, that he's never been some of it by accident and he makes new friends and he has his own little theme song that goes with his audiobook. I'm professor digitation, a traveler of note by plane or train, hot air balloon, caravan or road. <laughs> You know, and so on. So I, I Wonderful. You know, everybody has its own personality, its own song. <laughs> you know, when, I, when we were raising our kids and as we've done with our grandchildren, reading a story at bedtime is, was just a part of the routine. We sure. never, never skipped it unless we had all been just completely, completely exhausted. And I so hope that this newer generation can get take a break from all of the uh, uh, devices and actually sit down and read a real story with a real book in their hands and get that experience with their children. And then basically you can take this experience with your devices wherever you go. Sure. You can 
take it in the car. You can do so much with it. And uh, I think teaching children from a very early, early age, as you said, the love of words and dialogue, it's, it's such an important gift to give them. Right. And the, and the love of sounds. You know, we had, we had a song long ago in our TV show, and it was called Sounds Around. And bleep and blurp and plop and flip and, you know, what do you say that makes a drip? And we've, we've always focused on words, rhyme, rhythm, repetition, because they're the building blocks of being able to read. They're also the building blocks of literacy in general. And that's also a tremendous contribution to a child's maturity as a speaker, to be able to speak with confidence in front of groups and people, in class, mm-hmm. however they want to express themselves. Having power over words gives them power over life. And oh. the power mm-hmm. of communication, it's all the building blocks of words from the time they're little. And if they love words and they learn how those words work for them, it makes them powerful. It's very empowering to children. Yeah, so, you know, right now, we're going to share something with our listeners. I love that book. I love that book. (laughs) As uh, This is for people who uh, are whiners, or if you know someone who's a whiner, like uh, Jeannie's books, this is another great book to give or to get. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Whine at Amazon.com. Welcome back with my guest, the Story Genie, and she's visiting with us today. I also want to tell everyone that Thou Shalt Not Wine is also available in an audio book. <laughs> How about that? Ah, yes. And it was done magnificently, and we're happy to share that with you. Also, Jeannie, could you share with our fans uh, your information and share more about the fact that this Kindle book is uh, available free. I will. Uh, you can go to my website anytime, www.story, S-T-O-R-Y, G-E-N-I-E, storygenie.com. And on Amazon, if you put in Story Genie or Story Genie Corcoran, which is my last name, you'll find a, a variety of my books. You'll find Slurple Purple. If you just go in and type the word S-C-H-L-U-R-P-L-E, Slurple with an L, Slurple Purple, if you just type in Slurple, it'll come right up with the book, the sing-along book, which is a different version, and the audio book, which is uh, on Audible. So Amazon has everything, and uh, we are going to have some video up on YouTube that uh, is being worked on as we speak, but uh, that's not out there yet. I hope it'll be out in this oh, week. We'll see. 
Yeah, well, things can happen overnight in the way the world works now. Um, also, I want everyone to know that if you have a book or if you know someone who has a book, that it's time for them to get into the audio world. Oh, and yeah. Jeannie has done, I've written six books and she has done four of them uh, for me, put them into audio. And wow, what a great job you've done, Jeannie. It's, oh, it's, thank you. They're it's, so much fun. They're, I've done almost i've done about two dozen books in about 36 months wow yeah i love doing all kinds of books there's certain books i won't do i don't do things that are sexually oriented i don't do um things that would embarrass me to my children Uh, i don't do things that are terribly profane and terribly you know a lot of cursing um if it's a part of the natural life of the book and the person and the story uh that are peppered in that's part of the story itself but I just avoid things that I'm not comfortable with because I know it wouldn't make my family comfortable. And uh, I don't want anything that would embarrass my kids or uh, that children who like Story Genie might look at and go, hmm, I don't like that very much. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I think that's part of your image and it's important to protect that at all times. And I, I love, you know, like one of the books you did for me, I think was what, 10, 11 hours? What a project that was. And when I actually was able to sit down and really listen to it and enjoy it, you are uh, an incredible uh, spokesperson for anyone who wants to share their book with other people. And I know it's very difficult. I made, I did one audio book one time and I'm so glad <laughs> to be able to hire the story genie. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I love audiobooks. I love to read. I'm a voracious reader. I read literally, and I'm not exaggerating, three to five books a week, every wow. week, in and around everything else I'm doing. I just love to read. And mm-hmm. when audiobooks came along and there was a market for narrator slash producers, I thought, yes. that just fits me to a T. And I have so enjoyed it. And when I'm reading a book like yours, um, I did a couple projects for a woman who is an Indian author. And uh, she is amazing. She's an amazing lady. And her stories are so different. The culture is so, so fun for me to learn about. And I've learned about things that are just amazing. I guess I enjoy the narration so much. If it's coming across well, it's because I am involved and loving what I'm hearing, learning, and saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's key to a good audio book. Yeah, and, and personally, you've been a great advocate for my books, having read them okay. and read them to everyone. Okay. You know, um, and it's strange how the world is changing because I, right now, everyone is walking around reading on their phones. It's just the way the world has come about. And yeah, and, and in many ways, you know, I regret the part where you can hold a book in your hand. I used to still like to do that, quite frankly. But how easy it is now for young families, uh, for mothers, especially when they're carpooling or they can just keep reading all day long as they're doing their other uh, things. So that part of it, I'm, I'm really pleased about. I really like It's great. It's, you know, it's a very... Um... Yeah. It's a very accessible world right for learning. Now, it's also an accessible world, unfortunately, for distraction. And there's so many things out there that stream at us, and they come across our phones and our computers and our, our tablets and our Kindles and everything else. It can, it can drive you off on so many bunny trails. 
Um, but I always ask myself before I watch a movie all the way through or before I read a book, if I start it, now, am I willing to give this hours of my life? Is yeah. it is it going to be worth it? Is this two-hour movie going to be worth watching? Is this seven-hour book going to be worth reading? And you know, you know, as you're getting into it before, you know, they used to always say in Los Angeles when I was in the business full-time, is you know within 20 pages of a book, you know within 20 pages of a script or a screenplay or a manuscript, you know. And they just toss it aside. So when you're working in that business and you're trying to sell content, you better make those first 20 pages pop. Just pop. Catch them right, you know, hook them good like a fish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Your books all do. Everything you've written is wonderful. I especially love your books. They're great. Yeah, well, we've had fun working together, and it's an interesting, I, I know, full disclosure here, we are actually very close friends. Yes, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Which, lucky me. Lucky we go me. to lunch all the time together. I just feel like we should be eating a sandwich or something right now. It's so much fun to have you. Now, you've had so many careers. Let's kind of look back at uh, the arc. You uh, author, writer, entertainer, incredible vocalist, actress, mm-hmm. audiobook producer, just a wonderful, talented performer. When you look back, which of your careers do you feel that you enjoyed the most and that you worked the hardest at? Gosh, that's a hard one. I loved doing live theater. I loved doing musical theater. I was marrying a librarian and music man, and I was in Fiddler on the Roof. I was um, one of the three daughters. I was uh, on uh, in Oliver. I was Nancy. I mean, I've been in a lot, a lot of live theater, and I love that so much. It's so, it's so enriching to have that audience feedback right there. It's, it comes to you immediately. It's your, either your your you're sinking or swimming, either they're loving you or they're not, and you know immediately what the result is. Um, that's probably my very, very favorite mm-hmm. um, format for performing, although I like doing TV, I like doing film, I like doing commercials, I like doing audiobooks and things like that. Yeah. Um, and the close second, and as I'm getting older, maybe it's, it's creeping into first place, is definitely writing. I just love to write. I love to write the children's things. I love to write novels. I love to write poetry. I love to write song lyrics. Um, I love to write op-ed pieces, but I never send them in. (laughs) Uh, I write a lot of opinion pieces, and then I get it off my chest, whatever it may be, and then I go, okay, I got it off my chest. Nobody needs to see this, and I put it through the shredder. So, But I love to write. I love to write. Well, you know, speaking of writing, uh, with my friend, uh, who is a priceless personality visiting with us today, I'd like to share with you uh, 10 other priceless personalities. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have not only informed you, but inspired you. People who have priceless personalities. I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, 
runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you. Attention all listeners, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, Volume 2 is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions sprinkled with lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes from Motown, a nurse who has a humorist helps people to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the deep south. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience. Welcome back with my priceless friend. And, you know, when I'm working at the drawing board on uh, Volume 3 of Priceless Personalities, the story genie is going to have her own chapter for sure. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's very kind. And, you know, and, I just want to say, January, your books have touched on such heart rending, heart-wrenching, and also heartwarming people. Mm-hmm. They're, just, they're just such a valuable read to have other lives that have been so impactful touch us. And I really appreciate them. I'm yeah, sure. well, thank you. And, and I must say, I, I wrote my first book when I was 50 years old. So if you're out there thinking, oh, I could never do a book, you can do a book. If I could do it at 50, anyone can do it. And right now I'm working on book number seven and book number eight, kind of like Jeannie have throwing all the things up against the wall and what's going to stick. Okay. So let's talk about writing. What kind of writer are you? Do you write in the morning? Do you write in the middle of the night? Share with us your writing experience, how you put it from your head to the paper. Sure, that's a that's a good question because everybody has their own style that they find most yeah, productive. Right. In my case, I usually don't wake up real alert. So if I've had a great idea that I dreamt about, I'll run to the computer, pull up a Word document, and I'll just jot down the specifics of the idea. And then I just leave it because I'm yeah. just a little too foggy in the morning to be literate. And then about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I'll come and sit at the computer. I'll pull up uh, a document. I'll just start hashing through the idea, maybe putting down the fine points that occurred to me at the time. Um, And then I'll flesh it out with some research. I'll start doing research. Like my little character who knows everything, he knows all the trivia in the world, basically. Uh, First thing I did after I thought about it during the night is I wrote it down in the morning. And then with my cup of coffee about 11 o'clock, I sat at the computer and I started thinking about what would a little boy whose head was filled with a world of trivia, what would he find most enjoyable? What would kids in general, boys and girls both, find yeah. most enjoyable? And I started researching those subjects. What is the sloppiest, messiest, hungriest, sleepiest, laziest, craziest? You know, and it was a lot of fun for me. And then okay. as soon as I have that structure in place, 
then I start putting it into rhyming thoughts because I just can't help myself. I love to rhyme. And it seems like it's almost impossible for me to just write in prose for children. It all rhymes and, and it all comes together that way in my head. And I just can't, I just can't stop. It's like a compulsion. No, uh, when I, when I write for grownups, it's entirely different. I will, I'll actually do it with a lot more structure. If I'm yeah. doing a manuscript for a book or if I'm doing a screenplay, um, I actually lay it out in a skeletal form. I do a, I just do a skeleton of it from start to finish where I start, where I want to end, who's in it. I start doing character lists and cast lists and whatever. So for grownups, I really put together, um, not formulaic by any means, because I'm always turning and twisting my stories. They're far from formulaic. But I do put together a structure. And then I get started and you just jump in. And I'm sort of a, what they call a narrative-driven writer. Uh, I know what I want. I know how I want it to start, how I want it to end, and the people that will be involved. (laughs) But I let the story tell itself because if you're truly in your story as the writer and you've got the structure in your head, the story tells itself to your brain. It's like a movie playing in your head and you just have to get it down on paper. And sometimes you write things and go, well, where did that come from? Golly, that's a good idea. I like that. I'm going to write more of that. And and it's kind of fun. I I was writing one time and ended up with two pairs of twins in it. I married them all off at the end, but it was. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting that I think for most writers, you have that experience. I know I keep a pad of paper by the bed and something to write with, because sometimes you'll wake up in the middle of the night and somehow, I don't know how this works, but the universe can send things through our little brain computers and you get some wonderful ideas, some wonderful inspiration. But of course, the key is remembering it when you wake up. Okay. Is that true? That is so true. Because you, you, you have this great, I don't know about you, but I have a great dream. And yeah. I'm dreaming it. And I know I'm dreaming it. And I'm thinking, wow, this is quite a plot. Oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. I wonder how it's going to turn out. And then I wake up and I try to write it down. And it's just like, it's just like wisps. They, they just blow away on the breeze. It's like blowing on a dandelion. As soon as you wake up, poof, off it goes. So having, having paper and pen by the side of the bed is, is old school, but it is really effective. I like it too. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. This past week, we had a lunch with an interesting uh, gal that we just met, uh, right. Cindy Jordan, who is an incredible writer. I, I got, I'm going to have her on the show for sure. And her one book, I it was one of those books I've read it in an entire day because I yeah. couldn't put it down. But the three of us were talking about that. And a lot of times I would write, you know, from 10, 11 into 2, 3 in the morning. Yeah, me too. Save it on the computer, go to bed, wake up. And we all three of us talked about this. And you come back and you look at it and you go, who wrote this? <laughs> and go back, go back a couple of years and read. I have a, I probably shouldn't admit this because it says I'm, I'm a little OCD, but I have a four inch wide binder, great big D ring binder. Uh-huh. And, and I kid you not, it, the spine is this wide and it is filled with sections and treatments and jotted down outlines or skeletons mm-hmm. or just good thoughts about things I want to write. And I have it written, I have it divided out into novels, screenplays, um, children's stuff, music, stories, poems. And it's so fat with ideas that the cover uh-huh. is splayed open like this. <laughs> I don't know what I'll ever do with it. You know, probably when I'm gone, my kids will have a bonfire and 
and make <laughs> more in the backyard with it. But that's okay. But you have to get it. You have to get it out of your head onto the paper. And yeah. occasionally I'll go back and root around in it just to see if there was something that jumps out at me. Mm-hmm. And I do that. I'll say, "Gosh, I don't remember writing that. I, I don't remember that really fun little character." And that's and, a very common thing. I always have so many authors on the show because yeah. I love uh, promoting them. Of course, now with the uh, Glitter Granny Gifts, I'll be promoting all of your books. And they're gonna, you're going to look so good doing it. Wow. <laughs> I love doing it. But, you know, as much as I enjoy writing, actually, one of the things I really enjoy, and this seems kind of remedial, I love going through the editing process mm-hmm. and just seeing it on a page and changing words. And, and I get a lot of satisfaction from that. Uh, of course, then, you know, when you're getting ready to publish, you hire a real editor because they can really do the job. But, but you, you are the one, you're the, no one knows your story as well as you. And to do your first draft, no matter how wonderful you think it is, mm-hmm. you have got to put, the, put, put your mind to it and you've got to do at least a first full draft edit. You've got to go through it because nobody knows it the way you do. And you'll find things that make you go, oh, that's not leading the character in the emotional direction I want him or her to go. Or, no, I don't think I, I don't think that she would really say that, or I don't think he would really do that. Because even though you, at the time you were doing it, it made sense, you should go back. You should always be the first one to edit your work and do a full edit start to finish, even if you just do it with a red pen on a printed out copy. Yeah. Because it's your baby. It's mm-hmm. really your baby. And nobody, you know, nobody should be trimming its hair and clipping its nails but you the first time. For sure. And now let's, before we close out, let's talk about a really important thing when you're writing any book. Let's talk about the cover. Oh, I love covers. I love covers. Covers are so much fun. I love them. Your, your Schmerbel Proper color is fabulous. Who designed that? Me. Perfect. I, I didn't know that, so I'm happy to hear that. Now, I have to admit, you know, people are talking about AI this and AI that, and I used AI... Uh, a, a program called Mid Journey. I used it while I was putting that book together. And I have to tell people who are saying, oh, it takes away the creativity and the artistry and so on. No, it doesn't. It's just mm-hmm. a tool of your mind. It's a, just a tool for you to manipulate because AI, and, and this may change in the future, but the AI Mid Journey that I use, it's, it just sits there. It's an engine. And you have to be so specific about what it is you're looking for. And let me tell you, you will do it over and over and over. If you say to your AI, I need a watercolor children's illustration of kids laughing with bright colors, um, licking an ice cream cone. It's going to give you things that are nothing like what you want. I mean, you'll get four images immediately and you'll go, what? What? That just doesn't look like an ice cream cone. That looks like a, a great big soup spoon. I mean, you'll get things that just make no sense to you because a machine is trying to make algorithms match your human logic. And it'll get better and better. But the more you do it, the more you learn. It's your mind creating it. It's your brain creating it. It's your creativity and your creative juices. And if you couldn't think those thoughts and express those thoughts and explain what those thoughts mean in your brain, the AI is just going to sit there. It's not going to make up your work. It's not going to do it for you. You have to be able to push what you're doing in it. So. Yeah, um, my seventh 
book is on the drawing board and I was going to hire um, a cover designer, but now you've given me a thought. I might like to go try a, it's mid journey. Mid journey. Right. See what that'll come up with. And uh, well, this has been fun. And it I think fun. And it's fun to sit down and play with AI. If you ever want to come over, we'll just sit here in front of my computer and I'll show you how to talk to it and not yell at it. Because I have have a story about a flying dog and I'm going to tell you right now, it's not getting it. It doesn't understand understand what I'm saying or doing, but I'm working on it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Jeannie, uh, the story Jeannie. I I love doing this because I love sharing our little bit of knowledge with other people who might be thinking about writing and uh, I, we, I encourage everyone, get, give it a shot. It, you've got nothing to lose, right? Right. There's a song out there that says, express yourself. Express yeah. yourself. Yeah. You need to. We all need to get that out of our head and onto the paper or onto the page or onto the canvas. You know, paint it, draw it, sing it, dance it, whatever it might be. Let it out. Let me ask you that question I always ask, and I can't remember what you said the last time. And the question is, if you could have dinner with anyone living or dead, besides me, who would it be? Oh, golly. You know, I, I, I have all kinds of answers. You know, from a faith standpoint, I'd say I'd love to have dinner with Jesus. <laughs> from a political standpoint, I'd say I would love to sit down and have dinner with uh, Abraham Lincoln. Um, from a societal standpoint, I would love to sit down and talk to Susan B. Anthony. You know, there's so there's there's different people throughout history and different milieus and different in different concepts. Um, from music standpoint, oh just give me Paul McCartney. I'm I'm happy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about this uh thing that's sweeping the country that's uh all of our grandchildren, they're all involved with these phenomena of the uh Taylor Swift uh, well, she's a cutie. Yeah, she's a cutie. And she writes, I thought she has, writes all her own stuff, really? if I'm not mistaken. She's very wow. clever. She's very catchy. Um, she's very tall. Uh, she's very pretty. But she's smart, smart, smart. And um, I love mm-hmm. that she writes all her own things and she gets it out there. You know, she is, some of it is a little angst ridden and some of it is a little um, self. Uh, yeah, it's very personal and it's very mm-hmm. self. Uh, uh, examining, you know, she's very self-examining, but uh, she doesn't pull any strings about some of the people that have, you know, stomped on her toe. I, I like her. I, you know, do I think that it's opus, you know, it's it's great musical opus? No, but I think it's a great pop place in history, and I wish her just a lot of happiness. I wish she'd find romantic happiness with her football player or whoever <laughs> she ends up with. You know, she's she's got a lot to give. You can certainly see that in her music. Oh, it's got a heart that's just um, huge. It's huge. I'm enjoying this experience because it's really something I can share with my, especially my granddaughter, my ballet dancer. Oh my gosh, we she loves, she knows every word of every song. Right. And I guarantee <laughs> and, you, when you hear it, you got to get moving. You got to get hopping around in your seat. And if you're walking yeah. and cleaning house or something, suddenly you're dancing along with it. So you're uh-huh. a Swifty. I think we all should be Swifties. I think it's it's fun. And it's kind of, you know, I know when we were growing up, our parents couldn't relate to our music because we were rock and roll and we were the Beatles and we did all of that. And our parents wondered what that was all about. But this is actually 
her music and some of her uh, contemporaries, this is music that everyone can enjoy. And it's just a nice bridge between generations. And I have to say, let me say this just really, really quickly. My youngest son is yeah, in a band. Yeah. I won't mention the name because we're not doing advertorials here. But my youngest son's band travels the world. They're on their fifth album. And their music is very catchy. And it's very, it's a certain style. You know, it's a very indie style, um, kind of one of a kind. And my husband says, ah, you know, it's not for me. And when I listen to it, I love it. And when I go to their live concerts, oh, it yeah. is sold out, shoulder to shoulder, packed, packed, packed. And the age groups are running from 15 or 16 years old up to people in their 50s. And they're all, they're just all together. You know, they're communing together on something common that they're loving. So music is a wonderful, a wonderful way to bring people together. Oh, yeah. So go Swifties, go Swifties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good for all of us to experience new things. And uh, I think this is a wonderful opportunity. As I said, it's a generational bridge because all of a sudden we all have something we can talk about. It's either the music or the football player or, the <laughs> or how tall she is. And she has the best, she has the best lips. I, I, I love the shape of her lips. They're so uh, pretty. Yeah. It's not a silly thing to admire about somebody, but she has beautifully formed lips. Her and Charlie Theron, yeah. beautiful lips. Well, I was reading. I was reading this morning about all the awards for the Grammys coming up, and of course, she's getting right up there between her and Beyonce. I mean, they're just breaking records with all the awards that they're winning, and they're both such uh, wonderful talents, and I think incredibly, incredibly important role models. Right. Well, and look at how diverse they are. Look at how they're polar opposites in music style in physical appearance, in dance style. Yeah. Uh, it's just wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful to just see this, this, this broad spectrum of kinds of music and beats of music and types of music. I love it. I, I love it all. Mm-hmm. I do, too. I, I, it's, uh, it's invigorating. It's good for all of us. Now, I know this is a silly question to ask you, and you're probably going to laugh in my face, but when you look back, Do you have any things, not regrets, but things you wished you could have done differently at this stage, looking back? At this stage, um, there are things I wish I had done differently, but they are silly things. You know, silly things like I wish I had, uh, I wish I had taken piano lessons and -hmm. I could accompany myself. I wish I could play a musical instrument and and Mm -hmm. I so admire people that can. I wish that I had... Uh, taking up tap dancing. I, I tried it once, uh, oh, years and years ago when my kids were little. Uh, I took some tap dancing classes. I had so much fun, but yeah. the life of a young mom with young kids and working full time and, and mm-hmm. still trying to, you know, be a good uh, soulmate to my husband and a good parent to my children, I had to give up tap dancing. So I'd like to do that. But maybe the one thing, uh, seriously, that I really wish I had done differently is I wish that I had known my mother better. I wish okay. I had known her better. She died, my biological mother died really young. And kids <laughs> out there, never take your mom for granted because the world is unpredictable. And whoever you love, tell them today and tell them every day you love them and yeah. ask them about themselves. If you're young, ask your mom, ask your dad, ask your grandparents, your favorite aunts and uncles. Ask them about themselves and their background <laughs> and their childhood. Because you can't go back, you can't, you don't get a do-over. So no, I wish no, I'd done that. No, 
And, you know, I think one thing that the two of us share then, we know we're both very lucky and very blessed. We both are very good at picking husbands. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Jeannie and I, we also share the fact that we both have been married 53 years. Yes, that's right. I was yes. three. I was three years old. And yes, you <laughs> now I was a teen. I, I will admit, I was a teenager when I got married. Yeah, well, I was just barely out of my teens too. So it's it's a big number, and I, I it's not it is a big number. Goes by that I find it hard to believe that it's actually a true number for both of us. Yeah. Well, and these senior success stories. You know, once you're over fifty-five, folks, you're a senior. I don't know yeah, if you yeah. like it or not. Welcome to the club. Oh, I know, because I'm now at the point where I'm taking my kids, uh, my four kids, to movies with me, and it shocks me when I'm going up and buying uh, tickets for three seniors, and one of them's my kid. <laughs> That's funny. How does, how does that happen? How does that happen? I don't know. I, I sometimes, I, I had someone much smarter than me say to me one time, you'll find as you grow older that your brain stops thinking of itself at a certain age. So when you're 50, your brain is still thinking you're 35, maybe 38. And then suddenly you realize, no, I'm not. Oh my gosh, how does that happen? And then suddenly you're 60 and your brain is thinking you're 45. Okay. So, you know, I'm always counting backwards at least by 10 or 15. Because well, that's where my know, brain is at. Speaking of time, now we really are saying about it. <laughs> okay. So all of our dear friends, we hope to see you uh, next week, and I'm going to have a nice surprise. I think that I'll be introducing you to one of the uh, Golden Bachelorettes, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> well, to our listeners, thank you for entering the No Wine Zone with us, the Glitter Granny and the Story Genie. Thank you. Please share our stories and our show with everyone you know. And remember, you need to stop whining, start smiling. And if that doesn't work, then you can just start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. Now, take care and stay safe until we meet again next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.